Poo-Poo and the Dragons by C.S. Forrester. Chapter 9. That night, when supper was over, Mrs. Brown said, "'It's bedtime now, and you two children better have your baths.' They had a very good system for baths. I expect Mr. Brown thought of it, and you can probably explain that if you remember something important about Mr. Brown. Mrs. Brown used to put Poo-Poo in the tub and turn the shower on for Horatio. Horatio would start coming in at the side door and wind up the stairs and in through the bathroom door and under the shower and out through the bathroom window, so that a bit of himself was under the shower all the time as he moved along, and by the time Mrs. Brown had seen that Poo-Poo was properly clean and Poo-Poo had played with his boats and his celluloid swan and Mrs. Brown had taken him out and dried him, Horatio had managed to pass the whole length of himself under the shower and out through the bathroom window and he did not need drying, because as soon as he had got all of himself into the garden again, he would shake himself, and give Mr. Brown's flowers a good watering. Tonight Poo-Poo was a very naughty boy again, because Mrs. Brown had hardly put him into bed and turned out the light, when he got up again, and went to the window, and slid down Horatio's neck into the garden. It was very dark there, but Horatio switched on his searchlight eyes, so that they could see very plainly, and they went along and down a wide flight of steps and up a little road, until they came to some big iron railings, which went along as far as they could see. And while they were looking through the railings, on the other side of them there was a scurrying, and a clippity-clopping, and a lot of funny noises, until suddenly another dragon appeared on the other side of the railing and came galloping up to them. This was not quite such a big dragon as Horatio, and not nearly as strong, but it was ever so pleased to see them, and it galloped up and down inside the railings, and Horatio galloped up and down the other side, and they licked each other's nose through the gaps, and they waved their tails about, until the earth shook under Poo-Poo's feet, with their excitement. The new dragon seemed to be a very timid creature, because when Poo-Poo put his hand through the bars to stroke it, it shrank away. Poo-Poo had to talk to it for a long time, and pat Horatio with the other hand, until it would come near him so that Poo-Poo could just scratch its ears, and even then it was very frightened. They made friends in the end, and Poo-Poo started to wonder how they could get round the fence to the new dragon, and he and Horatio started to walk along one side of it, and the new dragon ran along the other side of the fence beside them, galloping and zigzagging. When a dragon is zigzagging, it is a very remarkable sight indeed and waving their tails at each other, and stopping every now and then to sniff at each other's noses through the railing. And they went on and on and on, and there didn't seem to be any sign of a gate or opening in the fence at all. But still, they went on and on, because there did not seem to be anything else that they could do. Until when they seemed to have been going for a very long time, the railing came to an end, and Horatio and the new dragon were able to meet there at last, and they were able to gamble around each other and chase each other round and round in circles, until Poo-Poo was quite dizzy, and he had to call to them to stop and think about the way home. So they started off in a straight line, and pretty soon they came bump up against the railing again, and so they turned round and went in another direction, and before they could say, "'Jack Robinson,' or even Quentin Fazakley, they were up against the fence again, and after that, whichever way they seemed to go, they seemed to come against the fence. Now, of course, what Poo-Poo did not know, and I don't think either of the dragons knew either, but then I can't be sure, was that this fence was a very peculiar fence. Poo-Poo and Horatio had walked along one side of it, and the other dragon on the other side, and where the fence came to an end, of course, was right in the middle, so that you can see for yourself that 
After that, whichever way they started to walk, they came up against the fence. And they tried and tried and tried, until Poopoo was quite worried, and began to feel that he would never get out of this railing at all. He even began to be afraid that the railing was moving about while he was not looking and getting into his path. But of course, we know that could not be the case, because railings do not move around that way. So in the end, Poopoo sat down with the dragon gambling and zigzagging all around him, and he tried to think what his father would have done if his father had been there. You know something very special about Poopoo's father. And when he had thought of what to do, he walked along until he came to the railing again, which did not take long, and then he made the dragons lie quite still while he looked at the tracks beside the railings. And they were much smaller tracks than the ones Horatio made, and so he knew they belonged to the other dragon. And he knew then that when he met the other dragon, it was the wrong side of the fence, and so he was on the wrong side of the fence. And so he called to the dragons, and they walked along again until they reached the fence again, and there was another lot of tracks. If you think about it very carefully, you will see what Poopoo was doing, and I think you will agree that he was nearly as clever as his father was. And these tracks were Horatio's tracks, and beside them Poopoo could even see his own footprints, and then he knew he had only to follow them the other way to get out of the fence, and so he walked along beside the fence, and he walked along beside it, and he walked along beside it with the dragons skipping and prancing along beside him. And then at last the fence came to an end, and Poopoo could heave a great big sigh, because he had really been very worried about having to stay the rest of his life inside that fence. Poopoo was so tired that when they reached home he hardly had the strength to climb up Horatio's neck and get back into bed, and he fell asleep the moment he was between the sheets. And he slept so soundly that he just did not remember anything about the night before when they got up in the morning. Until they were having breakfast, and Poopoo's mother looked out of the window and suddenly said, "My goodness, Horatio has got another dragon with him in the garden." And Mr. Brown put down his newspaper and said, "Dragons! Aren't we ever going to have any peace from dragons?" And they got up and went outside to look. And the new dragon was very timid and shy, and it hid behind Horatio and would not come out without a great deal of coaxing. And it held down its head and looked down at the ground and wriggled in just the same way that Poopoo did when he met a lot of strange new people. And Mr. Brown looked at it and he said, "I think this must be Ermintrude." Because Mr. Brown, who was very clever, was especially clever at guessing dragons' names. The moment he said the name Ermintrude, Ermintrude lifted up her head and smiled, and Horatio wagged his tail until all the leaves in the trees began to rustle. And Ermintrude got over her shyness to such an extent that she even came creeping forward and let Mrs. Brown pat her and stroke her. But Mr. Brown said, "This is all very well, but we don't want this house to be simply overrun with dragons. We've got dragons all over the place now." And Poopoo said, "Oh, very disappointedly." And Horatio left off wagging his tail. But it was Mrs. Brown who settled that question. She said, "Don't be silly," quite sharply to Mr. Brown. I think Ermintrude is a very nice dragon indeed. And when she had said that, of course nobody else had anything to say. 
They had been planning to have a picnic that day, so when Poopoo and his father and mother got in the car and drove out to the park, this time they had two dragons running clippity-clop behind them, and Poopoo was so excited, as he looked out of the window and saw them, that he wriggled about on the seat until his father had to tell him not to, because it interfered with the steering. They went out through the big park until they came to the lake and stopped beside the boathouse. The new dragon, of course, do you remember what her name was? Was very timid indeed. When the boathouse keeper, his name was Aloysius Pennefather, spoke to her, she ran away and hid behind a tree. And when the boathouse keeper's wife, I wonder if you can guess her name without being told, came out to hang the clothes on the line, Ermintrude crouched down, because she was frightened of all the fluttering things, even though Horatio walked up to them as brave as anything. Poopoo was disappointed, because he had been hoping to have a swim with his father and mother, and now Aloysius Pennefather told them that it was too cold for anybody to go in. That was a great pity, because it was a nice sunny day, and everything looked just right for swimming. But Mrs. Brown said, "'It's no good crying about the weather,' and she started taking the things out of the car for the picnic. As they were getting ready for dinner, a dog came along the edge of the lake. His name was Dots, and some people called him a Dalmatian, and some people called him an old English coach-dog, and some people called him a spotted-dog, and some people called him a plum-pudding-dog, so that, you see, he had quite a lot of names. But expect that as long as you remember that he was called Dots, everything will be all right. Dots was going for a walk by himself, because none of his owners had been able to take him out that morning, and he looked up as he walked along the water's edge, and he saw the two dragons playing, and because he was feeling lonely, he trotted up to play with them. The minute Ermintrude saw him coming, of course she was very frightened, and she ran away, and Dots thought this was a very good game, and ran after her, and the faster Ermintrude ran, the faster Dots ran, and the more frightened Ermintrude became, and she ran faster still, and so Dots ran faster still, and Horatio ran after them, because he did not want Ermintrude to be frightened, and when he ran after Dots, Dots ran faster than ever, and made Ermintrude run faster than ever, until at last they were all three of them running along like lightning." and Poopoo and his father and mother could only call after them, and they were all running so fast that they could not hear a word that was said to them. Ermintrude was so frightened that she did not look where she was going, and she ran splash into the lake and started to swim, and Dots swam after her, and Horatio swam after Dots, and they tore round and round the lake, swimming as fast as they could go, raising great big waves which washed up against the beach where Poopoo and his father and mother were standing." They went on round and round the lake, and they got so out of breath that they were puffing and blowing and making a tremendous noise. And, of course, when a dragon gets out of breath and puffs and blows, he sends out great big jets of fire from his mouth, and it was not very long before the water of the lake began to get hot, and steam began to come up from it. Aloysius Pennefather, you remember who that was, said, "'We can't have this.' And he got into a boat— and rode out among the waves and the steam, and as Dots went by, he leant out and grabbed him by the tail and stopped him, and took hold of him round the middle and pulled him out and dropped him in the middle of the boat. When Ermintrude found that she was not being chased any longer by Dots, she crawled up onto the bank beside Mr. and Mrs. Brown. Horatio crawled up after her, and they lay there very quietly, with their sides heaving, while the big flame that shot in and out of their mouths gradually died down as they got their breath back. "'Do you remember something that I told you once about Mr. Brown?' 
He was sitting ready to eat his picnic dinner and looking at the lake and the steam coming up from it, when all of a sudden he jumped to his feet and he shouted out, "'My goodness gracious me, I've got a marvellous idea!' And he unbuttoned his collar and started pulling off his clothes, so that Poopoo and his mother thought there was something very serious the matter with him. But of course there was not, because Mr. Brown was a very clever man and had just had a very good idea." "'Where is my bathing suit?' said Mr. Brown. "'That water's nice and warm.' "'Don't you think that was a very good idea?' In a moment, Poopoo and his mother and father had their bathing suits on, and they rushed down to have a swim. It is ever so nice to swim in a great big lake full of, quite full of really warm water. They swam about very happily while Mr. Aloysius Pennyfather—can you remember what his job was? got on the telephone and started to telephone everybody he knew about how warm the lake was. And they all got into their automobiles, and the people who did not have motor cars got into buses and trains, or called up their friends who did, who did have automobiles, and they all came pouring into the park. And soon they were all swimming and enjoying themselves as happy as could be. After Poopoo and his father and mother had had their swim and were sitting having a picnic lunch, and Poopoo was feeling very clean indeed, a whole lot of people dressed in their best clothes came up to them. In the front of the procession was Mr. Sebastian Fitzallen, who was the mayor of the city, and the mayor—he is a very important man, so whatever you do you must not forget his name—had very beautiful manners, and he took off his hat and bowed, and he said, "'I beg your pardon for interrupting you at your dinner, but I have come in the name of the city to thank Mr. Harold Heaviside Brown.' Poopoo wondered for a moment who that was. For the kindness he has shown to this community in allowing his dragons to warm up the lake so that we could all have a swim. In the presence of all these witnesses, I hereby confer upon Mr. Harold Heaviside Brown the freedom of the city. And everybody cheered. And Mrs. Brown poked Poopoo under the table to remind him to stand up and say, Thank you very much. To which, of course, the mayor, because he was so important, I hope you have not forgotten what his name was, replied, You're very welcome. So that what with one thing and another, it was a very remarkable day. End of chapter 9. Read by Kara Schallenberg, www.kray.org, on Sunday, July 28, 2013, in San Diego, California.